Hi, everyone. Welcome to Brand Boutique Elite. Be sure to subscribe to our Apple podcast. We are we have a special guest today. We have Maria, the founder of Unpacked Living. It is an eco-friendly store. She has an online store as well as a brick and mortar location in Massachusetts. Thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really honored that you invited me to your podcast. Thanks. So I'm really excited about, you know, that you have this store and it's all about being eco-friendly and sustainable and things like that. Because of course, you know, we have all lived in this consumer society where we all have so much stuff, some so much unnecessary stuff. There's so much plastic and waste and things like that. And I love that you created this concept of, you know, really focusing on how we can you know, cut back on that. And you have, you know, a brick and mortar store and an online store so that people across the nation can purchase these goods from you. So tell us a little bit about how you got started and how you, you know, really, why you really wanted to create this concept. Yeah, of course. Um, back in 2019, I was living in the United States. I'm from Colombia. And I think the difference between our cultures and our way of life is that I was not used to being so wasteful. Somehow the American culture is very wasteful. We are not so dependent on plastics and especially single use plastics. And when I came to live in the US and working in the US, I realized that I didn't have access to recycling where I live, which is really odd coming from a first world country. So all of those changes and seeing how the market was, you know, showcasing all this plastic um, made me think that it had to be a better way. There had to be a better way to do things and to avoid so much waste. So yeah, I started investigating and I discovered the concept of zero waste and plastic free there were many people before me doing this, but definitely there was a hole in uh, the market in Massachusetts. So I decided to step in and do my homework and provide the people with the tools to avoid the waste and, and learn and educating people too in why are we doing this and why it's so urgent to make the changes. Yeah, and I think that that's so interesting, like being uh, growing up in a different culture. I mean, yes, I grew up in America, but my family household was very much like, you know, let's recycle. You know, we used any of those plastic containers that you bought anything in, you reuse them. So it may have said like yogurt in that container, but you open that up and there's some chicken in there. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, all of these things, my mom like won't won't let anything go to waste. She's like, oh no, no, I recycle that. I'm going to use that again. I'm like, mom, we're definitely not going to use that again. But I think like growing up in a culture where it's, you know, more common, you're just used to that. You you utilize all the things instead of buying all of this new stuff. Yeah. And, and so I do some of that. And my friends or some of my friends will be like, 
uh, just throw that away. I'm like, no, 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 I can use it again. I can use it for this thing. Um, and so I think, you know, just as the culture, you're right that it's, you know, it's now trending and becoming more of a thing that people are being conscious of. But I think there was a period of time, maybe 60s, you know, 70s, 80s, maybe I think it started becoming, people started becoming maybe conscious in the late 90s. But the, that time period, it wasn't, it was just like, okay, we're going to buy more things. We don't need those things. Um, so tell us a little bit about what kinds of products that you have and how people can, you know, be more eco-friendly. And then also let us know about businesses because businesses have so much need for products and things like that. And there's not necessarily somebody that's managing, you know, waste or things like that. So what are some tips for businesses too? Sure. So Unpacked uh, Living, it's basically a store where you can get every single alternative to any plastic product that exists uh, at the moment. The problem with plastic is they never go away. Plastic doesn't go away. When they created it, yes, wonderful material. It's light, it's convenient, it's waterproof. But then they never thought like, oh, this is like, it's trash. It's going to be in the biosphere for millions of years and it's going to contaminate. So at the beginning, they didn't have a dimension of the problem. And now we're seeing what is the dimension of the problem. So in my store, you can find things from shampoo, toothbrushes, cleaning brushes, makeup, even makeup, uh, skincare, everything that is not um, either packaged or made of plastic. So everything is eco-friendly, everything is planet-friendly, everything has an end of life, either composting or it biodegrades or it can be recycled actually recycle, not like plastic recycling, which is a whole other topic for another day. Um, and when it comes to businesses being a little more, more eco-friendly and more conscious about this, it's the little changes. It doesn't have to be an all-in or nothing. Little changes can help a lot. So my, uh, my advice would be to see where can businesses make those changes without affecting too much the budgets obviously and and their life you know the quality of the work they do something as simple as changing the printing the printing paper for recycled one you know paper made out of recycled paper not just paper for the printer with no no idea where it comes from that change can help a lot because you're not cutting trees to make the paper, you're just making it from discarded paper. That's one. The other one is to try to avoid the disposables, right? Like the coffee cups, the, the plastic cutlery, the cups for water, and encourage your, um, your employees and the people that works with you to just use reusables, right? To have their own water bottles, to bring their own cutlery from home, or um, to use a coffee cup or a coffee mug. Um, so those little changes add up in the big scheme and will actually save money to companies, uh, when it becomes, you know, like the, the everyday use of reusables, you truly save money. Another thing is, um, when it becomes to like bigger changes, like companies can take a look at where their energy consumption is coming from. Something as simple as turning off your computer can help 
wonderful, can make wonderful things when it comes to energy consumption. And just making audits to see where you can make, you know, these little changes that might be beneficial for the planet and beneficial for the environment without, you know, disrupting and being like, oh, we're going to do this and imposing new ideas to, to your employees or to your people. For restaurants, for example, the best they can do is to compost, to start composting because food waste is a huge problem. So it's like a whole array of things we can do. Uh, yeah. as people and as businesses. So I love the recycling paper. That is, you know, an easy thing to do. You know, you know your Staples or your WB Mason or wherever you're getting your bulk supply of paper, you know, definitely the recycling one. And honestly, it's not even that much different in pricing no. than the regular one. So that's a great tip. I don't like paper. So I do lots of things to avoid having printed materials. All of yeah. my contracts are done virtually. All my invoices, you know, all my payments are all done virtually. There's great tools. Um, you know, HoneyBook's a great tool to do your contracts or any invoices. Um, if anybody wants a promo code for that, I have a 50% off promo code. You guys can um, message me. But there's so many other tools like Square and all of these tools. So that part, you don't have to have, you know, actual paper, you know, business cards. There's ways to do stuff when you meet somebody and you can just tap each other's phone or you can send yeah. each other the contact. You know, on my I have business cards and I'll let people there's a scan so they can scan and they can have the card if they want. But I'm like, OK, like scan right here. And now all my information is in your phone. Your so, phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one, it's people always lose cards. You know, I don't mind giving them a business card, but some people are like, oh, cool. I don't even need that paper. I'm going to lose it anyways. So now I have you in my phone. Yeah. So like, there's little things like that or, um, you know, brochures, things like that using recycling paper. I or doing a text opt in. So instead of yeah. having somebody actually take a flyer that they're going to put fold and put in their pocket or get lost in their stuff, you know, doing if you're you know doing an event and you want somebody to get that information on whatever it is that your product is, say, hey, text this and you'll get a text with that link for that information. Because quite frankly, we all go look online or on social media for information. So yes. I really like to think of creative ways to eliminate actually having paper things in my business. Then what you said, reusables, coffee. I mean, everyone prefers to drink out of like an actual coffee mug rather than like a paper or a styrofoam thing. And when yeah. I think styrofoam, I'm like, oh my God, you're still using styrofoam? Like, wow. But, you know, those kind of things are just super simple. And then what was the third one that you said? Just being uh, conscious about any, any choices, energy-wise, turning off the computer, you know, just eliminate the unnecessary ways that many companies have and they don't realize they do. Just like you said, like just printing unnecessary things just because don't just don't print it. Just use your digital tools for to avoid the waste. That's great. Yeah, for sure. Um, you said turning off 
you know, computers and things like that. Well, that's also great for the computer and the longevity of the life of the computer. So you're cutting down on costs and having to buy new computers and new software and things like that. Also, you know, electricity bills and things like that. My, um, my, one of my grandfathers, he was a Boston police officer. He had eight kids and then they adopted the four youngest of my grandmother's siblings. So they had a very large household. Mm -hmm. And so my stepdad always talks about, you know, turning off the lights. And so I remember as a child, you know, being like him repeating things that his father said about, you know, turning off the lights and things like that. But, you know, sometimes people don't do that. I know people that will have the TV on in one room, not even be there, have the lights on, TV on, go into the other room, have all of these things on. Yes. And it's like that's, you know, costing money as well as use of energy. So these are small different things that we can do just to eliminate that, you know, reusing things, bringing your own water bottle places. Yes. You know, I like filtered water and things like that. So I always have my water bottle with me because one, it's great to drink water and you get more consumption out of a water bottle than like a small glass, uh, paper cup anyways. So what makes, you know, you said that you came from Colombia and I know I feel like being there a couple of times, they're more into like being eco-friendly and con like conserving the land. And, you know, what are some of like the other motivations for you? I know that you said that you worked in marketing and you were doing that full time and you started your online store um, in 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2019. And then you started your brick and mortar only a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. So tell us, you know, how, because some people think, okay, I'm going to have my brick and mortar store, you know, but that there's rent involved, there's a build out involved. I think that it's really great that you tested the market and you really found that you're online, you were really doing well in that online space, and then you allowed for another platform, another place for people to purchase. So through your planning process, how did you, you know, get buzz about this store? And how did you build up the momentum with your business to actually open up the brick and mortar? That's a great question. So I have the advantage, same as you, that we are in marketing. So I, I'm like I said already, I'm not from the US, so I don't have friends connections to, you know, give me advice. And I, I have only been in the US for four years. So I also don't have that taste of the market in Massachusetts specifically. So as a marketing person, the best thing I could do when I was interested in, you know, opening a, either an online store or a brick and mortar store was to do a market study, right? So what I started doing, um, I wanted to do everything the, the right way. So I started doing um, a, a, a blog. I opened an Instagram account and I started sharing my own journey on like how me a normal person that has nothing to do with zero waste nothing to do with plastic free how am i going to transition my own life to being less wasteful so i started sharing my own journey and in the way i started meeting people and making community building community is step number one you want to know that there's people out there that 
it's the same as you and wants the same things that you want. Uh, and then building community means that you also want to, a really good tool that I found works a lot is using the Facebook groups. There are tons of Facebook groups out there that you can join using keywords like zero waste, like plastic free. So I joined these groups. I started uh, following the trends, seeing what people was looking for, seeing what people were um, thinking about the needs of the market. And then um, which I still think is one of the most brilliant things I have done in my life, which are not many. <laughs> um, I started my own group on Facebook called Zero Waste Massachusetts. And this group has become a, a beacon of zero waste in the, in the, in the state. Uh, it's over 4,000 members now, and it keeps growing every day, and it became a hub of information, community, events, uh, people encouraging people and brands promoting what they're doing, sustainability, energy, all these things that, you know, go along with the zero waste movement. Uh, so that's how I created my audience, basically. Uh, I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to have friends <laughs> like like everyone does. And that group, alongside with the Instagram page, allowed me to meet people and allowed me to connect with people same as me and conduct like surveys and see what people was looking for. And then after six months, I actually decided to start the online store because I had my full-time job. Um, and the advantage that I had was my marketing background. So I knew how to do my own website. I knew how to uh, manage my own inventory. What I was lacking was obviously my business, the business side, the finance side of things, the taxes, all these things that I have no idea how work how they work here. Thank God my husband has a, a business background. So it was like a storm uh, of all the good things happened. And I decided to invest a little bit of money that I was saving to buy a little bit of inventory plan out uh my have my business plan my goals and start like testing you know testing the market and seeing seeing how um things were moving so i i decided to invest a thousand dollars that was it thousand dollars in inventory i registered the business i did everything i needed to do and then the online store started july 1st 2019 yeah. i started doing everything like everything promoting it online doing email uh, marketing while having my full-time job um so yeah i mean you have to pour all your energy into this and promotion is everything word of mouth is everything the momentum that we're having right now uh around the the whole climate change and you know all these things is helping obviously so it was the right time to do it so all these things helped me and the nice thing is that the group and and, and my platforms basically have helped other businesses to like to come up too so it's not just me now there are several zero waste stores around massachusetts and we need them we need them because yeah we need them <laughs> Yeah, so for all of you that are listening, 
she built a community before. So if you are interested in actually creating a business, she did a blog, she created a Facebook group, she built this group of people that she knew was actually interested in this subject matter. So it wasn't like she was coming out of the gate with nothing, no community, no followers, nothing. She really positioned herself to build this community around her and be social, provide expert advice, let people also share their products and, and ideas. And that's really, you know, the, a first step. That's really a great tool because people want to know that you are interested in this, that you're not just coming out. You know, there's some people that are like, okay, I'm going to do this today. And it's like, okay, well, you made that decision. That's great. But how are you building your brand? How are you building your personal story? Are you just coming out the gate and saying, hey, buy this thing? And people yeah. don't like that. People like when you're on social media and you're being social, you're building a community and sharing with people and also letting them share. In your Facebook group, you're saying all of these other people are sharing, you're partnering with other brands that can be featured in your store and also share their story. So it's not, you know, solely the Unpacked Living show. Yes. It's around this concept of story. And I think that that is a really important thing for people when they are creating their groups. If your group is something that is part of like your membership or a, a paid add-on value kind of thing, okay, yes, you can limit that for what the value and content is. But groups that actually do well allow people to share and have a platform where they can connect and, you know, let people know what they're doing too. Yeah. And then, you know, your background in marketing. If you do not have a marketing background, you need to have somebody that is going yes. to be able to help you to do that. If you don't have a marketing plan in your business, you are not going to get sales. So there's a lot of people that I speak to that are like, Oh yeah, so we need to make more sales to pay for our marketing. And I'm like, okay, so um, how are you gonna get those more sales? Well, um, you know, I'm just gonna like meet people and talk to them. And it's like, okay, yeah. that's great. You can do that. But if you don't have your marketing plan set up and you don't have a way, like you can have the most amazing thing. I could literally be printing gold bar or, you know, dollar bills in my house. But and if nobody knows that I'm doing something, then no one's going to say, hey, yeah, we want to buy this thing, this amazing thing. No one's going to yes. knock on your door and say, oh, hi, you need to have a website that is branded, that looks nice, that makes it easy for people to get the information that they need, easy to buy the products. You go to some websites and you can't necessarily even tell what they do. Yes. Okay, well, you know, how do I even buy this thing? Or it looks unprofessional and then people don't feel safe to spend their money there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, building that community, you took a year and a half or about a year before you even decided to open up a brick and mortar store. Yes. So tell us a little bit about when you realized that you were ready to actually do that. Because guys, those of you that are listening, 
there's rent, there's your build out, there's having somebody manage yeah. the store, there's electricity, there's, you know, supplies that you need. There's all of these things, the, all of these additional costs that yes. go into having a, a brick and mortar store. And so if you think on day one, you're going to have a ton of people out the door without any marketing, chances are that's not going to be the case. So tell us what you did to get ready or when you realized you were ready. I haven't realized that, honestly. <laughs> uh, it was an opportunity that I had to take. Uh, that sounds like I was obligated, but it, it was not like that. So the online store was doing really well. It's still doing really well, but I'm still growing, right? So um, I still had my full-time job, and I was starting to think that I might need to expand a little bit, but I wasn't necessarily thinking about opening a store. Um, I was thinking more that my inventory was growing and my house looked like a hoarder's house, basically, because I ran my online business from my house. And yes, like it was crazy. Um, so when the, this was an opportunity to get this space was an opportunity that just presented itself. I happened to know some people in the community. This used to be a consignment store. So I used to, I know the owners of the consignment store and they allowed me to take over this space because they needed to move to a bigger space. So it was like a, I was growing and they were growing too. So they gave me the opportunity to take over their lease basically. So now uh, that was a huge risk. You have to know also when you own a business that you're doing these in a serious, that is, is a serious thing. You're not just playing around. And when you have a business, you have to think about your customers and what, like, do you want to look bad? Like what you just said, like your, your image and your brand is everything. And your image and your brand, when people, your customers think about that, what do you want them to see? What do you want them to, to think about it? So I wanted nothing but excellent customer service. And, you know, but for people to know that Unpack Living represents a, a professional brand, like a professional thing that I'm not just playing around and, and I'm going to answer to any needs that the, the customers have, right? So uh, when I decided to open the brick and mortar store, um, that was a huge step. That was very scary. But I, as usual, and another um, advice that I give to people that's trying to start a business, always ask for help when you need it. Don't think you know everything and you're going to be fine. I don't know about accounting, for example, and I don't know about taxes. So the best thing I could do was to call somebody, a professional, that could take a look at my numbers and help me do projections there are many programs out there that help small small businesses do these things so i reach out to one of those for free uh which was in salem university it's called like the small business something i sadly don't remember the entire name but they helped me take a look at what i was doing make projections and they gave me that peace of mind to know that I was doing something good, to know that I was okay by taking this risk, because like you say, you don't only it's not only paying rent, you have to pay insurance, you have to uh, pay utilities, you have to shovel your own snow, 
you have to clean the windows. So with owning a business comes a lot of different responsibilities that add to the ones you already have, which is like, you know, keeping your Instagram page, your Facebook, your connection with the people, keeping your online orders going. But now you add to that, that, you know, you have a store and you have to take care of the people here and you have to clean and you have to, you know, take care of everything. So it has been uh, a good exercise for me to learn about businesses. I never owned a business before, so, you know, I'm learning too. But uh, yeah, with the help of many, it takes a village, same thing, takes a village. So with the help of these, the people that actually knows these things, I have been able to do it correctly. And now, yesterday, actually, I was able to talk to the landlord, the people that actually owns this space. And he took a look at my numbers and he was very happy to see that I can actually have the space for at least three more years. So, yeah, it means that I'm doing something good. And I, I was very happy last night when he, you know, people that you respect and people that have been seeing businesses flourish everywhere, look at you and look at what you've done from your house two years ago with a thousand dollars. And now it's, it's become this big thing that I'm very proud of. Yeah, and that's really amazing. So congrats on like growing this business and you know, you are doing the right things. You are, you know, utilizing marketing. You are getting press. You know, press is yes. really great too because you want more eyes. And so in your marketing plan, that's something that you should incorporate. Then another thing what I love what you said is ask for help. You know, people feel like they need to do everything alone or, oh, I'm going to go read 18 articles and watch 18 videos. And, you know, they're all going to say a little bit something different, but I'm going to figure it out. And as an entrepreneur, those of you that are entrepreneurs know that you're busy. You have, you know, the normal things of life, your family, and then building your business either you're wearing multiple hats but you can get help there is free resources out there you know we do free brand analysis where we'll go and look at people's information and give them some free tips you know i love helping businesses grow and so we offer that there's you know i've taught programs at different places as well as free resources and you know their score there's so many different people out there that can guide you. So instead of having to try to figure it out yourself, and it could be things that you just don't like to do too. You know, you're just not interested in it. It's going to always end up at the back of your list of things to do because there's other things that you're always going to have to do that will get that you like more also that will get up there. So asking for help, preparing yourself and like you know doing the plan and figuring out your projections i think a lot of people go into something and they say oh yeah i want to make you know five thousand dollars in sales today and it's like okay well what are you doing it to get that What's you know the plan yeah and and also too like i have a lot of clients that will say oh yeah we want this amount of growth in our you know our followers or our sales and i say okay great or they might not even know what growth they want yes we just grow us and it's like okay so let's figure out what kind of growth do you want you know do you want fifty thousand dollars of you know growth this month it's going to take something like it takes 
money to acquire a client. You need to do ads, you need to do your marketing, you need to partner. There's so many things. And so to get great, if you, you know, want to have those high numbers, you're going to have to invest to get those. And then I like that you said that you started with only a thousand dollars. And you bought that inventory. I think sometimes people think that they need to have so many products so that people see them as a legit business. People think that too. I mean, I don't want to say they're wrong, but it depends on the business that you want to do. And it depends on your goals. Some people think they need to like ask for a loan and get in debt and get $100,000 to open a business. Maybe you do, depending on your, exactly, depending on your goals and where you want to go with this. But again, if you're going to do that, you need to have a plan and a business plan and a marketing plan to back up how you're going to recover the money that you invested or the money you're asking for into a bank, right? It's not like, oh, I'm going to, you know, uh, do a website and buy these things and see if people buy something without people even knowing that you have a website and you're selling anything so yeah it it takes it takes planning planning is everything and right i think writing down your goals and what you want and your vision for your business it's super important it's it's everything because then you can go back and I, i don't mean writing it down in your computer actually take a pen and write it down like in a notebook in something where you can see it where you can in two years from now take a look at what you wanted to build at the beginning and go back to that and say like oh okay so that's what i wanted because sometimes you know you get lost in translation because life happens like nobody knew coronavirus was gonna happen but as long as you have that written down your goals your vision in your mission or whatever you want to call it, you can always go back to that and like collect yourself and see, you know, where things can go, how creative you can be and, and yes, and share what you're doing and why, what's the benefit of what you're doing, which is also, it also comes with it. Yeah, for sure. Having your business plan and your marketing plan, it relieves so much stress. And you can, and when you project your numbers, you know, figure out what your pricing is for your products and services. Project, you know, what's actually a viable number that you can get from that month, and what is it going to take to get that? You know, if there's a lot of people that are maybe coaches or have services, so if you're selling something that's a thousand dollars how much money do you need to spend in marketing and time to actually acquire that client? Yes. Now, and, and then another thing too, when you have these clients, how do you utilize marketing? How do you utilize your groups, your, your Instagram pages, your email marketing to get more, to get them to be repeat clients? Yes. Because it, it takes people seven to 12 imprints of them seeing a brand before they even make a decision to purchase. So just think about, you know, you need to at least have 12 pieces of content, 12 interactions, something of that nature, seven to 12, for somebody to feel comfortable, trust the brand and feel like this is something that they need. Yeah. 
of course, if it's like, you know, something cheap that you keep getting ads for or like one ad and you're like, oh, yeah, fine. I'll spend 20 bucks on that. I don't really care. Now, hopefully it's good. Um, you know, it's different when it's a lower price point thing. But when you want people to be loyal customers and really buy into a concept, you need to build that community. And that's really fantastic that you grew this, your um, zero waste Massachusetts community to four, almost or over 4,000 people. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. It's It's been really enlightening to understand how, like you said, the many hats that you have to wear when you own a business. But uh, community is everything. That's, that's what, all I have to say. Community is everything. Because if you have your audience, if you have people you can rely on to ask things like, what do you think about this product? Do you think this product will sell? Or what do you like to see? in a store like this or, you know, just not having yourself a group of people where you can do these surveys and you can know what the audience is looking for, what your clients are looking for is fantastic because then you don't have to guess. And it's, it lowers the risks to have inventory just sitting there, not selling and yeah, you know, just money lost. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, whether it depends on the type of business, but when you are starting off an online store, you know, starting off with a very um, tight inventory range that is very, you know, specific, if it really provides um, the need, it really utilizes like, what are the needs of my customer? And what are the things that they're going to need? And putting that as like a tight assortment is always a better format so that you can test and see what is going to move, what's not. And, and then as you grow and you actually have benchmark numbers, you can be like, okay, you know, people really liked this thing. So now I'm going to buy it in a couple more colors, a couple more units of it. So that's definitely great. So I have one fun question that I ask all of my guests. If you could be a superhero, what would your two superpowers be? Oi, um, my two superpowers, I would love to, I have never thought of this before. How can that be? Um, I think I would love to, I would love to fly. I don't, that doesn't, that has nothing to do with anything, but I am afraid of flying. So yeah, I, to me, getting in an airplane is like a whole process so i would be i would love to fly just you know fly uh that's one and if i was a superhero what would be my two superpowers i think i would love to i i this is gonna sound very cliche but i would love to um make like plants grow not that i kill plants but like i would have i would love to have like the ability to look at a plant and make it like blossom you know grow and flourish like faster than it takes naturally yeah that's i think cool. that's cool you know like oh i want a strawberry plant and then i look at it and then oh strawberries <laughs> something like that that's cool i like that i'm gonna hang out with you because i really love picking fresh fruits and vegetables so you'll have that superpower and oh well um, one of mine is flying as well Okay. So we'll, we'll both fly everywhere. My second yeah. superpower is being able to speak every language in the world. Oh, so, nice. we'll, so we'll fly some places and like be like, okay, we want a mango tree now. And then 
<laughs> yeah, we will have a farm and like grow everything in that farm because we can fly anywhere and get everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, those of you that may not have caught the full episode, you can check out the video on Facebook or YouTube and be sure to subscribe to the podcast Brand Boutique Elite. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.